you know, I was uh, starting a, a, ser- a sermon series just before Easter. We were starting to look at faith, and um, we've had a couple of weeks go by because of the, the school holidays and, and uh, what have you. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we started that, that series, and I just want to carry on a little bit for a little while longer as God lays it upon my heart. Um, so we're going to do a bit of a recap this morning, and uh, just to cover some ground uh, and remember what God has said to us, and uh, look at the scriptures that, as they um, are mentioned in the Bible. So, Father, we come before you. We just want to uh, lift up your word before you. We ask, Heavenly Father, that your your blessing and anointing would be upon the word. You are the great teacher. Lord, we we ask you to teach this morning. We pray that you would impart knowledge, wisdom, and insight. That you would speak into our our hearts and lives. That, Lord, it wouldn't just be the hearing of the word, but it would be the imparting of the spirit. Lord, that there would be a spirit of faith that would come into this place and rest upon your people. That we would understand the plans and the purposes and the priorities of our God this morning. And so, Lord, we ask that you would minister to us. Uh, Lord, we, we also, uh, while we are in prayer, Lord, just want to lift up Stephen Maureen. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would continue to heal them and minister to them as they recover. And Lord, are on their way today as it happens to Australia for a, a three-week holiday with family. We pray that you would bless them uh, as they would go. Lord, watch over them, protect them, grant them journey mercies, Lord. Uh, let them arrive safe in, in, in the house in the arms of their loved ones. Bless and anoint this time for them, Lord, as they reunite with family. There's nothing more important than that. And so, Father, we just pray that you'd, your anointing would be upon Stephen and Maureen, that you would lavish your love upon them and upon their family. And, Lord, even open doors of ministry for Steve to, to minister and give his testimony while he's there in Australia. That would be wonderful. But we commit them into your care and keeping us that you bring them back safely uh, to our presence. Lord, we, we love them and appreciate them. And we just pray your blessing upon them. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise God. So this morning, I, we thought we'd go over some of the things that we've been looking at. Because there's really quite a lot to, to uh, consider. We started off by looking at uh, Hebrews 2.3 two, uh, two, that talked about this great salvation, if you remember. And that word great salvation is the Greek word teleokutos. And teleokutos means this marvelous, exceptional, wonderful, glorious salvation. It's really an adjective that, that uh, is just never runs out of superlatives when it comes to describing the salvation that God has purchased for us. And so we, we want to look at this glorious salvation. Um, but the problem is, sadly, the vast tracts of Christianity don't understand they don't understand this magnificent salvation that God has come to. They've rejected large parts of the gospel. They don't understand uh, what it is. Uh, you know, they, they reject it and they say, the good news, you know, it just seems too good to be true. Uh, it's not for us today. You know, we're still, others are making up their own good news, their own gospel. They are condoning things that God condemns and uh, and, and so we go on like that. But uh, when you begin to understand God's plan for your life and for my life, I get excited because I look at it and I think, Lord, there's so much more for me yet. You know, God's got amazing blessings upon us. And so we, we looked at eternal life and uh, that God wants to give us. 
And we said that all of salvation is that we are saved from hell, saved from judgment, and saved from the tribulation. If that all there was to the gospel, it would be a great message. Amen. Saved from hell, saved from tribulation, and uh, on our way to heaven. That, that would be a marvelous message uh, that we've passed from uh, judgment uh, into God's life. But it's so much more than that. We are saved from sin, saved from guilt, saved from shame, shame saved from condemnation. We are saved from the power of sin. We are forgiven. Relationship with God is a result of that. We are healed body, soul, and spirit of every sickness and every disease. Hallelujah. I think this is a wonderful thing. It gets richer and better all the time. Hallelujah. So uh, we are delivered from every addiction, every bondage, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Can you say amen? amen. We set free. We are prosperous. We are protected. And we are being perfected. This is what eternal life really is. And it's an amazing thing that God has for us. We are uh, uh, more than conquerors. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are anointed, empowered with God, and filled with the Holy Spirit. To say nothing of the fact that we are adopted, redeemed, and sanctified, justified, and so, so much more we could go on. This truly is a glorious salvation. This great salvation that God has. And it's all for us. You know, God wants us to experience this abundance of blessing upon our lives. I don't know about you, but that, I preach myself happy. I can go home right now. Hallelujah. But you know, this is, this is really what eternal life is. It's this amazing life, abundant life that God has come to give us. And we don't need to beg for any of the things that we, we've taught. These are the things that Christ purchased for us at the cross when He said, It is finished. All these things I've mentioned and so much more are God's provision for you and I. Man, this is a rich heritage, is it not? It's an abundant blessing. You know, we need to be appreciative of what, of what the Lord says. We need to appreciate what He's done and not just take these things for granted. Because the, the, that happened to Israel and they slipped into terrible apostasy as a result of it. Uh, in fact, there's a, a, a verse in Deuteronomy, this has got nothing to do with my notes, but it says, because they weren't thankful, that judgment came upon them. And so we need to be careful that we're excited about what God has done. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, yes. Amen. So, and then we looked at the, um, the fact that this finished gospel is what it's all about. It's the, it's the full gospel that Christ has come to give us, and it's the gospel of grace. It's not of our works, it's freely given by God. And we looked at a number of uh, definitions of grace, and uh, I said to you, one, one of the, the, the definitions was uh, an acronym of grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. I think that really perfectly uh, signifies what grace is. And then we looked at Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2, and it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, by whom we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And we saw that it's because of what Jesus has done that we have access or we enter into this grace uh, through faith. And you have to put that whole sentence together to understand what God is saying. He says, I have all this for you, but it's through faith. And that's what we, we want to embrace and receive from the Lord. Then we looked at Hebrews uh, 6.12. And uh, said, Be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. 
This verse tells us how to inherit the promises of God. That sounds kind of interesting to me, amen? I think we should know this. We should be able to explain it to other people. That's really important as we understand what these promises and how to get the blessings of God. It says, be not slothful. That's the Greek, Greek word nothros. And it means to be uh, to be dull, dumb, and foolish. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's what the Greek says. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying. But he's saying, don't be dull, dumb, and foolish. And in fact, when you look at the, the root of that word, it says stupid or lazy. This is not a genteel verse um, that God is. Oh, my little lambs. He's saying, wake up, guys. Don't be dull, dumb, or foolish. Stupid or lazy. But followers of them who through faith. And patience inherit the promise. And uh, so it's really important that we see that, that there are two aspects uh, to receiving from God. Faith and patience. We speak a lot about faith and very little about patience. That's the the Greek word macrophemia. And it really means uh, to endure. And we spoke about the guy who was um, sitting on the boat and he said, "I'm, I'm done treasure hunting. And, uh, you know, this is it. I'm going back to, to shore and I'm packing it up. And he dived over the boat and found $75 million worth of gold and silver. He's still treasure hunting. The point was, had he given up just at that particular point, he would have been uh, impoverished. But, you know, I wonder how many of us give up on the brink of a miracle. I wonder how often we are standing like this guy, right on the threshold of something that God's going to do. Now, it's never going to happen. And we walk away. I think that happens far too often in the body of Christ. Okay. So, we we looked at Mark 11, 23. And faith was voice activated. Uh, We looked at that. We began to, to explore that. And we saw that when our words and our heart come together, we enter into the realm of the Spirit. When our words and our heart come together, we enter into the, into the realm of the Spirit and we can move in the supernatural. When our words and our heart are united and we, we actually can move uh, in, into the supernatural where all things are possible. Where our words can literally move mountains in our life. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. We have mountain moving authority. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Amen. And so whatever we're facing, whatever mountains we, we are facing, God says you can move it if you believe it and you speak it out in Jesus' name. So it's really important. And we looked at the fact, I love this definition of authority, the power or right to give orders and to enforce obedience. Every child of God has this kind of authority in the spirit realm. The devil must listen to us. He's under our feet. Can you say amen? amen. And we have that right and the authority to, to command and give orders and enforce obedience in the name of Jesus. So that's, what, that's very briefly what we looked at before. And today I just want to look at a few things um, that I, I believe will be beneficial to us. And hopefully you'll be blessed by them. But I want us to start by thinking about gold. Gold is many times um, mentioned in the scriptures, but uh, it's really important that we understand and think about it just a little bit beforehand. You know, gold has always been precious throughout history. You know, it's been highly prized, and uh, men have really sought after it as one of the most precious metals. <coughs> excuse me, 
out there. You know, it's, a, it's an incredibly desirable substance. And men have gone to great extremes to find gold. They've, they've gone into burning deserts or climbed up into freezing mountains or plumbed the depths of the ocean uh, to find gold. There's no, no links that they will not stop at to find gold. You know, why is it? Because, uh, you know, you don't need much to hold a fortune in your hand. Did you know you can hold millions and millions of dollars in your hand if you've got gold? And if you think what, what men have been prepared to do for gold, you know, uh, they, they, they live for gold, fight for gold, die for gold. You, you can bribe people with gold. Uh, women have slept with men with, for gold. You know, gold is really a, a very uh, powerful incentive for people in the world. And it's a very precious substance as a result of that. So, with that understanding, listen to uh, this verse found in Peter. It says, under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold. That perishes, though be tried with fire, might be found into the praise and honor and the glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. More precious than gold. God's estimation of our faith, he's saying, gold doesn't compare to faith. And so we need to understand, what, and, he, and this verse is actually talking about the conflict that, that arises over faith. Because, you know, God has this wonderful plan, this teleokutos, this great salvation that he has for us. But the devil's out there to stop us from getting it. But how many know he's under our feet? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But there is this conflict between principalities and powers. Why? We looked at this and, uh, uh, some time ago, and so I'm not going to spend much time with it. But the devil must subvert or overcome our faith, or he will be destroyed. His kingdom will be destroyed. When the church truly gets hold of what God has invested into the church, and we understand the power that each believer has, the devil trembles. Can you say amen? Amen. And so it becomes an important thing. And Jesus said, although there's this conflict going on, he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We are the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why? Because we're more than conquerors. We are overcomers. That's what Christ has done. He's ensured that we walk in victory. And he wants us to, to endure and do that. So there's a power struggle between the promise and the provision. And we've been speaking about that. And, in previous weeks, but he says in Ephesians uh, uh, six sixteen says above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Think about that. Above all is a priority statement. The Holy Spirit is trying to get us to see something. Hey, our faith is more precious than gold. It's above all. This is the picture that we've got to see. This is one of the most important topics that the church can be studying because it's the way we can overcome the principalities and powers of darkness. Can you say amen? Amen. And so it becomes really important that we take the shield of faith wherewith we shall quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked. Uh, A few of the fiery darts. No, he says all the fiery darts of the wicked. And so when we really get a hold of it, man, 
I need to be walking in faith more and more in my life. That's the challenge for me. And it's the challenge for every child of God. That we've got to grow in faith. I'm going to be speaking a little bit more about that. So I, I won't belabor the point now. But if we persevere, the promise will be fulfilled and the provision will be ours. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're believing for. But God has said, you'll be victorious. God says, you will prevail. You will get what you're believing for because your faith will not fail. Can you say amen? So, then there was a conflict over our senses, you know. Because uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's a, that's a whole minefield in itself. But if we just hold on to the word of God, we will prevail. And then there's a conflict over timing. Uh, and, if, you know, we so often, if it doesn't happen immediately within the first week or so, month maybe, uh, yeah, we, we're prone to give up. And the devil knows that if he can put enough pressure on us to separate us from our belief, that he will overcome, that he will prevail. But if we will stay true to the word of God, let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. Amen. If we hold on to the promises of God like that, we will prevail. We will receive all that God has for us. And so that, that's why he's saying, above all, uh, take the shield of faith. This is a priority. And you and I must constantly be growing in our, uh, our faith with, with God. Thank you. You know, I believe that this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to say in this verse. He's trying to teach us the true value of faith. If we truly understood the value of faith, the power and potential of faith, we would not stop pursuing it because it's more precious than gold. If we truly understood, you know, we, we pay mental assent. We say, yes, you know, faith's all that, yeah. But in practice... How many of you know there can be a disconnect between what you believe and what you practice? Yeah. And this is where we are so often defeated. God says, I want you to hang on to the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. If you do that, you will overcome and you will prevail. So so God is really trying to show us the true value of faith. So, God showed me that some Christians are like part-time miners. You know, if it gets too hot... They, they want to quit. If it gets too cold, they want to quit. If the ground's too hot, they want to quit. Those guys never strike it rich, amen? <laughs> you, think you need to persevere a little bit and grow in faith and knowledge of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is trying to say through this verse, listen to it again, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whoa, hallelujah. Why is faith so precious? Because the true riches of the kingdom of God are only obtained through faith. Faith is one of the keys to the kingdom. Every blessing of God is received through faith. That's why it's valuable. That's why it's precious. That's why we need to hold on to it, to treasure it. The the early church understood this, folks. They understood the value of faith. In fact, Second Peter 1, 3, Peter's writing to the church and he says, To them that have obtained like precious faith. Mm, thank you. 
with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us by glory and virtue. Woo! I'm going to like that. Yes. How many would like to receive all things from God? Mm. This is what God is promising to us. Okay? So, I want you to listen. Did you notice the word grace in that? That uh, grace and peace would be multiplied. What is grace? God's riches at Christ's expense will be multiplied unto you. Mm. you. Multiply. God is saying, I will withhold nothing from you. Yes. You are an heir of God. I will withhold nothing from you. An heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Even in the Old Testament, he says in, in Proverbs, uh, uh, Psalm 84, 11, it says, uh, No good thing will the Lord uphold uh, to those who walk uprightly. No good thing. And that was the Old Testament. And God says, I'm going to bless you. He says, He's given us all things. That's the Greek word, pass. You know, I looked at that word and I thought, what, what is this tiny little word? P-A-S, what's it mean? It means any and all and everything. <laughs> now, if we understand any, all and everything, God said, I've given you anything and everything and all that you want is yours. Mm-hmm. God's not withholding anything from us. The problem is between our ears <laughs> and our heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. If we truly understood and believed, we would break through into something incredible. I don't believe that the church today is living up to its potential. Do you? No. I believe the church should be a voice to be reckoned with. A voice that is an authoritative voice. A a voice that has the ability to command and demonstrate the power in the kingdom of God. How does that happen? When the church grows in faith. So, he has given us all things. It's the Greek word, pass. And it's the abundant, rich, lavish provision, the extravagant mm. grace of God that has been bestowed upon us. Yes, it's wonderful. Mm. It's glorious. That's why he says it's the talia kudos, this great salvation. Mm. Hallelujah. All things. Well, what, did, what, what are all things? Well, I think that that would include salvation, healing, deliverance, Prosperity, wisdom, guidance, all the blessings of God. And it's all by grace. All you've got to do is believe God for it. How wonderful is this? I looked at this. There are a number of um, uh, definitions of grace. Uh, you know, Christ, God's riches at Christ's expense, undeserved favor. I want to give you a third one this morning that's come straight out of, out of the, the uh, Greek lexicon. The, the word uh, grace is the Greek word charis, and it uh, literally means uh, uh, the liberality of pleasure, favor, and benefit. Mm-hmm. Woo! Liberality, favor, and benefit. We heard the Holy Spirit say that, that something about benefit this morning, that God wants to benefit us. I believe this is it. This is the grace that God wants to give us. This is, uh, if, if you want to interpret it, uh, the liber- liberality of pleasure, favor, and benefit. These are the English words used to describe this Greek word, charis. And yet the vast 
tracks of the church are living below the poverty line. I remember reading a story one day about this guy um, who was living on the streets and um, you know, he, he, would, he would go into a shop and beg for food and um, for cigarettes and, and lights and everything and uh, he, he lived on the street he didn't have a permanent place of uh, residence and in the course of time he passed away and his body was taken off uh, to the corridor and when, when they uh, started to undress him to do the autopsy they found a money belt with over a quarter of a million dollars strapped around his waist <laughs> And he's living like a pauper on the streets. I believe that's a picture of the church. Christ has lavishly and extravagantly blessed the church with pass, with everything, with all things. And we go around thinking, oh, this life's so difficult, it's so hard. I'm struggling to pay my bills. We need faith. We need more faith. We need to grow in faith. Hallelujah. God has provided all things lavishly, liberally. What's the church doing? It's debating whether these things are for us today. Oh, you know, is, is healing for today? I'm not sure. There's some people who tell you, no, healing's not for the church today. Others will tell you, no, there's no deliverance ministry. No, that, that, that's not, you know, not for today. Prosperity, oh, I've heard some bad things about that. You know, that can't be for the church. You know? So uh, the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, no, no, no that's not for but speaking tongues? No. I, I'm not sure that this is for today. You see, what the church is doing, this great salvation, has now been, uh, uh, it's, it's too big for some people to understand. They don't understand the heart of God. Their loving Heavenly Father who wants to lavish them abundantly with blessing upon blessing. Doesn't he say in Ephesians, I've blessed you with all spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's the heart of God. It always has been. We have a loving Heavenly Father. And so there's the church debating whether these things are for the church today. As a result of that, I believe their faith is stalled. It's stagnated. They're not receiving what God has promised. They're not growing, not grasping, not developing, and not maturing their faith. You see? How many know if you don't believe, you don't receive? And there's kind of a circular reasoning in, in, the, in the church today. Some will tell you, oh, the miracles don't, uh, uh, don't, are not for today. They don't happen. How many know those guys don't see miracles? Yes. Circular reasoning. It's not for today. We don't receive it. Be done according to your faith. There we go. Hallelujah. Faith has been stagnating instead of been growing and developing and maturing. I love what F.F. Bruce says in his masterful book, uh, Christ the Healer. He makes this incredibly profound statement. He said, Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins. It starts where the will of God is known. If you don't know that healing is for you today, you don't get it. Because it only begins where you know them. You don't, and you don't get prosperity unless you know that this is the will of God for you. Read Deuteronomy 8.18 if you're unsure. It's the seal of the covenant. It's the sign of the covenant. And so, it's really important. You don't receive anything that you can't uh, believe for. Faith begins where the will of God is. Biblical faith is based upon the word of God and the will of God. And so when we look at these things, we say, yes, 
God has given them to the church. They are ours, and I'm going to receive them. So what is our mission? You and I need to grow, learn, and develop our faith. We need to be, uh, have a mature, reasoned faith. Some in the church have little faith, and some have great faith. How many of you know we must all grow to become great in faith? Amen. Amen. If, we're going to, if we, our lives are going to change, if there's going to be a material impact, difference in our life, we've got to start walking in faith. So, we need to nurture and expand our faith. I would encourage you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get hold of the scriptures and start to memorize the scriptures on faith. And something is going to come alive in your spirit, as I'll show you in, in a few moments. So we must grow and develop. See, the faith we have today uh, will not meet tomorrow's challenges. We must grow in faith to, to, in order to overcome everything. Let me just give you uh, one verse uh, of Scripture from Romans, uh, chapter 1 and verse 17. Let me just read it to you. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, uh, as, as it is written. So, um, the just shall live by faith. Are you justified this morning? Mm, amen. God is calling you to a greater faith walk. Mm. Is that possible? Mm. Yes. I believe it's possible for every single one of us. We can uh, rise up to a new level of faith. But listen, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is in the justice of the right. What on earth is that saying? You can't make sense of that verse in isolation. You've got to go back to verse 16. To give it some context. And in verse 16, Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What's he talking about? The gospel. And so he's saying, for, for therein is the righteousness of God. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. As it was written, the just shall live by faith. Okay. Okay. So, wherein is the gospel? It's talking about the plan of salvation. Okay, That word righteousness of God is very interesting. It's uh, the Greek word dikaiosune. Uh, it's quite a, a mouthful. Uh, and it's, it has this huge meaning. Right. Dikaiosune <laughs> means to be right. It's where we get the, it's the, the root word of righteousness. And so when we understand what this verse is actually saying, it becomes really clear. We could translate it this way with our understanding, with our new understanding. For in the gospel, the right ways of God are revealed from faith to faith. A lot of people get saved and then stop. They think they've got it all. Hey, I'm not going to hell, I'm going to heaven glory. And that's wonderful. Praise God for that. But you've just taken the first step of faith. You've got to, it's from faith to faith. It's describing a progression of faith. From this point of faith to the next point of faith to the next point of faith. And a lot of people think, oh, I've got it all when I got saved. No, you've just taken the first step. Our faith must grow to embrace all that God has for us. This eternal life, this rich, wonderful, exciting life that God has given us. So we, we've got to grow. 
You know, when you say that's first step of faith, take another step of faith, get healed, take another step of faith, get delivered, keep on walking, you know, keep on getting prosperity, wisdom, and guidance, keep on going step after step until you possess eternal life. Do you see a problem in the church why the church is so weak and, and, and anemic? It's because they don't see what God has promised. They're not believing for it. They've taken one step of faith. They've come into the kingdom. Praise God for that. But it, it's for in the gospel, the right ways of God are revealed. From faith to faith. This progression of faith. You start off by being born again. Then get healed, get saved, get delivered. Uh, get, you know, get wisdom, get, get it all. It's a progression of faith. I don't know what you haven't appropriated, or perhaps I could put it this, what would you like to appropriate right now? It's going to be given. God says you can have it if you believe me for it. Hallelujah. So we're going to keep on going from faith to faith until we've possessed eternal life, abundant life, the right way. Until the kingdom of God is fully manifest in us and we are mature sons and daughters of God, moving in the anointing just like Jesus. Hallelujah. Our mission in Christ is to establish the kingdom of God. Jesus is ultimately going to establish it, but he's allowed us to uh, partake in, in, in that process. Amen. And so we are there uh, to, to drive out the forces of darkness until our prayers be answered. What's our prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what the church should be doing. Occupying, taking strongholds down and driving out the forces of darkness. Instead you see such compromise in the church. You know, I was, I was really disappointed. I wasn't going to say this, but you know, I, I was really disappointed if you watched the coronation uh, last night, and uh, and you know, there was the king inviting every uh, who's the head of the church in inverted commas, and uh, you know, he's saying, "Oh, well, welcome the Muslims, and welcome, welcome the Hindus, and the Sikhs, and welcome these. These are foreign gods, and he wants to be the head of the, of the Christian church, and he's bringing foreign gods into." The service and giving them this place of honor. Honestly, I despair of the apostasy in the church. Our mission is to drive out the forces of darkness. The Archbishop of Canterbury wasn't he the guy that just said, "Hey, it's okay to have gays gays in the church." I mean, the whole thing is just just a mockery. Okay, sorry, I'm going to have to get that out of my system. I feel a little better. But you know, we are there to establish the kingdom of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's design is instead of just Jesus, that he would multiply himself so that we could be like him. Can you say amen? amen. Doing the works that Christ did and greater works than these because they're going to the Father. Hallelujah. God is raising up an army and so that we become a people of power, a people of praise. Can you say amen? amen. That's the heart of God, that the church would suddenly rise and see what God has done and start to believe it and arise and move into the fullness that God has. And I want to give you two verses of Scripture that are, are very important. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. It says this, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.18. 
There's a common word in there. I, I've read the first one. I wonder if you pick up the common word. Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. What was the common word? Firstborn. Firstborn. The firstborn appears in both those verses. And it's really important. Okay. It's the Greek word prototokos. And, and, and as, as we examine what prototokos actually means, you'll be excited because it's really speaking about your destiny in Christ. You see? Uh, it says that, that Jesus was the firstborn, the prototokos, from the dead. So we really have to answer that question because the, the, I don't know about you, but as soon as I read that question, start arising. Some people have said, "Does that mean Jesus was the firstborn from uh, from the dead?" No, there were people in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the Shunammite uh, woman's son was raised from the dead. The guy that they tossed onto Elijah's bones when when the Midianites came, he was raised from the dead. And uh, you know, in the New Testament, you had Lazarus raised. So Jesus was not the firstborn. From the dead chronologically but he was first born in rank he was first born in status he was first born in importance and significance amen, amen. and the difference is this that all those that were raised from the dead before christ were raised in their sin-soaked bodies and as a result of their sin-soaked bodies they they ended up getting sick and dying again but Christ was the first born again with a resurrected body, with, a, with a, a glorified body. He was the firstborn with a glorified body, raised again. Hallelujah. It never grows old, it never gets sick, it never dies, because it was a resurrected, glorified body. Okay. Christ, the firstborn from the dead. Prototokos. It's where we get our English word prototype from. You know... My brother-in-law uh, uh, is a, a captain uh, with Qantas Airlines. He was one of the youngest captains in Qantas ever. Uh, and uh, he's flying the new uh, Dreamliner jet. And uh, each jet is uh, worth $150 million. That's come some responsibility to, to bear. Um, but uh, he, they, according to uh, the, the people that developed it, this is the most sophisticated jet that they've ever produced. Uh, it's absolutely uh, uh, top-notch and the most advanced uh, jetliner that's ever been built. It's so sophisticated in every respect. But you know, before they put it into mass production, they had to build a prototype. And they had to work out all the kinks in the prototype. When you build something for the first time, there are things that are not going to work quite properly. You know, they're, they're inevitably, you're going to find things that could be done better. And so they build the prototype and they work on it and they work on it and they refine all the kings until they've got it perfect. Once, once every kink has been ironed out and everything is absolutely perfect, then and only then does it go onto the production line. It's the prototype, the first perfect uh, plane of what they want to reproduce. And so every plane on the production line that follows the prototype is an exact replica of the prototype. It is uh, absolutely um, an exact, a perfect reproduction 
of, of the, or an exact copy of the first plan. This is the word that Paul uses when he says, um, describing Jesus as the firstborn of many brethren. Jesus is the prototype. Jesus is the perfection of mankind. Jesus is the perfect uh, 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 principle of mankind. He's the perfect representative of man. So he says this, that we are now being made in his image and his likeness. We are just like Jesus. Jesus was the prototype, and now we are the exact copy, the perfect reproduction of Jesus. That's why the Bible says in 1 John 4, 17, for, for as He is, so are we in this world. Why? Because we are. He was the prototype, and we are the exact copy. And the church does not live up to that. We need to, we need to up our game. We need to up our faith. Amen? Amen. We are born again and we are sanctified. You know that word sanctified means uh, 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 set apart for God's holy use. Mm. And so that's, that's really what, what God has done. He said, I'm going to raise up the church and I'm going to set them apart for, for holy use. For what's that use? To establish the kingdom of God. Okay. So we're to be just like Jesus and do the, the works of God. I love this. If Bruce said it, and I just came across this, and I thought, I have to work this into my message somehow. So, I, so this is it. This is what F.F. Bruce said. Sanctification is glory begun. Glory is sanctification completed. <laughs> I love it. Can you say it again? Okay. It says, sanctification is glory begun. Glory is sanctification completed. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and really, we are sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be an exact copy, a replica of Jesus. Okay. So, until that time of Christ's return, we must develop our faith like the Thessalonians. I'll be done in five minutes. Okay, you can you can set your time up. Okay, <laughs> some preachers you can't believe them when they say that, but I will be. He says, until then we must develop our faith like the Thessalonian peoples. They were anointed people, you know. They got hold of the word of God and absolutely took off. You know, they they became really excited about faith and they began to see signs and wonders taking place. And and they uh, were, were so excited that that they were. Uh, People were noticing what they were telling. And Paul actually writes in Second Thessalonians chapter 1. He says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me. Axios, you are worthy of what follows. You are deserving of this. Because your faith groweth exceedingly. Amen. Your faith groweth exceedingly. Folks, we cannot afford to rest where we were. We've got to grow in faith. We've got to take more of the kingdom. We've got to appropriate more of what God has given to us. And it is a fight of faith Amen. that God is determined we win. What, it's what these messages are all about. Hopefully your faith is, is going to grow. It's designed so that your faith would grow exceedingly. That's what we're looking to do. So that all things will become possible for you and I. That nothing shall be impossible for us. 
We can be like Stephen, full of faith and power. Remember Acts 8.6? Stephen was full of faith and power, doing great wonders and miracles amongst the people. That's the picture that the church ought to be doing. God, we need to be able to manifest the power of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Mm. And each and every one of us must up our game by believing God more seriously, by pressing it and meditating on the promises of God. This is why our faith is more precious than gold. Amen? Boy, Amen. Nobody was listening. Hallelujah. By faith, the natural becomes supernatural. The impossible becomes possible. We can overcome the world. We can do all things through Christ to strengthen. I close with this verse. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I really hope and pray that, that I've inspired you to, to, to lay hold of faith this week. And as, as we come back next week, we're going to look at more things about faith so that we can grow and see the kingdom of God fully manifest in us and then throughout the community. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, you've challenged us to be not dull, dumb, or foolish, but, oh Lord, to, to follow with faith and patience those who inherit the promises of God. So help us, Lord, to uh, make a serious commitment and not just to hear a message and then forget what it's about. Lord, help us to uh, make some commitments to, to press into faith, to study the verses of faith, that our faith might grow, that we might be, uh, Lord, uh, better equipped servants for you, because you said that this needs to be our priority, above all, taking the shield of faith. And so, Lord, I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters. And I just want to... Uh, while every head is bowed and every eye closed, I, I wonder if you would receive the challenge to start meditating and memorizing scriptures on faith. If there's anybody here this morning that says, I want to do that, I want my faith to grow, would you raise your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lots of people are putting their hands up. Hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah, praise God. It's just about everybody this morning. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I just pray that we would be your ambassadors, worthy, Lord, axios, worthy and deserving of your praise, honor, and glory, that we would be a people of faith, studying the scriptures, uh, like the Berean church, filled with the word of God. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would uh, raise our faith, that we would grow exceedingly this week, that we would see signs and wonders beginning to manifest in our life and in our fellowship and in the community around about. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise God.